Hello, hello, hello. We are in season four of the Chasing Dreams podcast. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone who has been down for the ride, okay? I've learned a lot. I hope you've learned a lot. I've heard you've laughed a lot, okay? Get a few jokes in here or there. But most importantly, I hope you walked away with gems. Now, season four is going to be a little bit different. We are going from a seasonal podcast to a year-round podcast. So that means every Tuesday, I want you to check in with the Chasing Dreams podcast, okay? Now, with that being said, I'm not just going to fill up your timeline with needless information. Every episode will be jam-packed with some amazing content. Some content may be bonus episodes, some may be interviews, some may be one-on-one conversations. So make sure you are tuned in for the Chasing Dreams podcast. And as always, make sure you subscribe, make sure you leave a genuine rating and view, share this episode with someone who needs to hear it, and most importantly, follow me on all social media platforms at Tierra Nicole Riley. Now, let's get into these episodes. All right, guys, it is time for our first bonus episode of the season. I had the pleasure of being interviewed on Instagram Live at Real Sophisticated Joy. Make sure y'all check her out. A part of the Find Your Joy series. We took some time to talk about self-confidence, joy, self-love, all that fun stuff. Really, really great conversation. So make sure you check it out. Thanks, guys. Oh. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. How are you today? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. I'm trying to let some more people come in, but yeah. it's not. That's fine with me, too. Yeah. It's about five more minutes. Absolutely. I'm always, like, prompt at six, so it's like... <laughs> Listen, I can appreciate punctuality, but I understand that's not always a given. <laughs> it's not always a given, but I will try to do it, because you got to be yeah. respectful of people's time. That's yeah. my number one thing is... I don't know about you, but that was something... Probably because my father was in the military. He was, oh. Yeah. I don't know where I got it from, but I am a very punctual person. Um, I don't have any particular reason, but uh, yeah, I I try to be a very punctual person. But it pays off, though. There have been so many times where being the punctual person has paid off. So it just works. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't like to rush. Understandable. I don't like to rush. <laughs> <laughs> if you get there early, you can take your time. Yeah, exactly. That, that helps me out. Yeah. Um, so some more people are coming yeah, in. Yeah, they're rolling in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Get this introduction out of the way really quickly. For the, the you that don't know who I am, I'm Isla, founder and CEO of Real Sophisticated Joy. Welcome to Thursday Find Your Joy series. Hi, yes. See some people in the comments. So on, hi Michael, welcome, come on in, hey. And so what we do with this series is we talk to entrepreneurs, innovators, thought provokers, anyone who's out in the world making change. 
Yeah. We talk about mental health, cyberbullying, bullying, self-confidence, entrepreneurship, all those good things, especially right now. We need some type of positivity. Mm. This is a space and place for it. Love it. Yeah. And I'm so excited to talk to our guest this week, yes. Ms. Tierra Nicole. She is the last for this month of city, but certainly not least. So, of course, you know, i got to do my little digging. Everything. <laughs> got a podcast. Yes. Author. Yes. Business coach. Motivational speaker. Everything. Do it all. And I see that you are born, you're from D.C., the DMV, but yeah, the DC <laughs> area. <laughs> so, so I found Howard Bison here. Okay. So of course, I spent many years there, lived there for about five years too. Mm-hmm. So what part of the DMV? So I grew up in PG County, um, but okay. funny story, I'm an, I'm a product of Howard. So my parents met there <laughs> and I was probably created somewhere on campus. But oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a Howard baby. That's <laughs> love. It's always there. It's always there. And you know what? I respect that. The fact that you actually say, I'm from PG. Yeah. Uh, because it makes a difference. Um, not that there's anything, like, the DMV as a collective is a beautiful space. Um, but people from Baltimore are from Baltimore. People from yes. D.C. are from D.C. People from PG County are from PG County. Um, and then you kind of have, like, other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, one thing I love about that area is the fact that New Yorkers go hard, but people from the DMV go just as yeah. hard. <laughs> Yeah. You guys rep where you're from so hard. Yeah. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And one thing that I really didn't recognize was such a gem of growing up in the, in PG County, Maryland. So PG County is known as the black, the richest black county in America. The history behind that is the slave ships used to come in through Annapolis, Maryland which is just the county over. But for it to now be the richest black county in America, one, shows that history and that resilience, um, but also it shows um, the reality that growing up as a black woman in America, um, in PG County, Maryland, I didn't realize what it felt like to be a minority. Honestly, um, I minimized the importance of HBCUs because my whole life was an HBCU. Our principals, the superintendent, the judges, the doctors, the lawyers, the police officers, like everyone in positions of power looked like me. So I didn't think twice about it, honestly. Um, and it's really such a beautiful gem that now that I don't live <laughs> in PG County, Maryland, I'm like, wait, you think I'm a minority? Yes. yes. So, so two things. First off. Yes, and you're exactly right. Being from Jacksonville, Florida, where you know it's, it's a, a whole totally different, different ball game, different ball game dynamic. That was the appeal of Howard because it was like you go there and it's just you see all mm-hmm. of these affluent black yeah. people. And just beautiful. Yeah, and especially as an adult woman making it in the world, that was just so empowering. Yeah, you're right. When you come back, stuff you're like, oh. Like, what is this? You what think is- I'm going to move out your way and I'm on the correct side of the sidewalk? No, ma'am. No. <laughs> no. So, you got the right one today. Yes, moving back, <laughs> it's kind of like sometimes yeah. I have to kind of like switch to like, wait a minute. Or even just in like the style and flair of dress. I'll never forget when I first moved back to Jacksonville. My mom was like, you know, they don't dress like that here. And I was like, well, they're going to be used to it. Okay. Because this is how yeah. I'm showing up in the world. Enjoy. <laughs> this is how I'm sh- exactly. But had you mentioned about Annapolis, I actually have a girlfriend, Meta Howard, who was from there. And 
showed us like the slave path that they were and mm. I forget where exactly but they still had some of the um shackles and it is it's a monument now and it's just like wow so just a rich history that is dnd mm-hmm. area so yeah, and what I will say, um, and then we can, you know, proceed into the conversation, but um, if ever you do visit D.C., you absolutely, ha- I call it the Black Smithsonian, because that's essentially what it is, um, but the National African American Museum, I don't know, just, it's the Black Smithsonian, um, you have to go, but I tell you, you might want to account for, like, multiple visits. four days. At a minimum, I mean, I, I remember I took my niece and nephew who were six and seven at the time, and they were like, TT, I'm tired. And I'm like, uh, but we got to look at your history. There's so much to do. Yeah, it's literally four, I think it's like four or five different floors. I think it's five, yes. Yeah, of, of history. And each floor is so monumental, and they literally start you like, they started the slave ships because it's African American history, um, and unfortunately, that's where our history begins. Um, but you go all the way back down, and they walk you like you literally walk through. It's like going around, yeah. Absolutely, but it's it's definitely something every black person in this country needs to visit. You're right. So that was the beauty of being in DC, mm-hmm. getting able to go multiple times. But I'll never forget when I finally got the courage to go into the Emmett Till area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's tough for a lot of people. Yeah, I was like, okay, we can go now. And mm-hmm. I had brought my aunt and uncle. They're like, you want to go now? I'm like, yeah, um, you guys can continue on. Yeah. Like that for me. But again, people, if you ever go out, and then somebody said that the food is amazing. That is true. <laughs> we got food there as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that is not what we're here. Yes. Although, <laughs> it's a great way to start off because I do think that by going to the museum, you see how. Even before entrepreneurship was a word, we were entrepreneurs. Absolutely. That is where we come from. Um, that is what we are. So it's just great to see. But we're going to go ahead and pivot on. Absolutely. Of 2020. <laughs> if you're not pivoting <laughs> in 2020, you're not, you, you're not winning. You, you have to. That has been the word of the, of the year. year. <laughs> pivot and exposure. That's Good true. or bad. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Good or bad. <laughs> so, how has COVID been for you and your family? Um, loaded question. <laughs> um, COVID has been a wor- 2020 has been a whirlwind thus far, and we are just now getting to the halfway point of 2020. Same I feel like it's already been a whole decade, and it's only been six months. Um, so that's a little annoying. Um, but not only that, it's been definitely challenging from, um, COVID specifically challenged my ability to pivot in every area of my life. Can I pivot with my spiritual life? Can I pivot in my business? I'm a cheer coach. Can we pivot in that? Um, Because COVID happened in the middle of competition season. Um, Can I pivot with my friendships? You know, can I pivot in everything? And on top of that, can I pivot in my mental health? And it has definitely been a challenge. Um, I've dealt with 
um, mental health pretty much my whole life. Honestly, I've had chronic depression. I've dealt with suicide. Um, I've dealt with grief since miscarrying twins in 2016. Um, and so during, during 2020 and the challenges of COVID, um, their, their due date was in March. Then Mother's Day came. Um, and so all the while not, and I, I'm an introvert, so I didn't think COVID was really going to be a problem, but I minimized how important that choice was. I minimized how important it, it was to be able to go to cheer practice or to be able to physically go to church or to be able to go to dinner with friends. Like, I think a lot of us really minimized how those things were a part of our self-care. And yes, I can still cook at home. Yeah, I can go pick up dinner and eat it at home. But like for me, food is an experience. I love food, okay? Um, but part of that experience is going to the restaurant, sitting down, getting a little drink, yeah. chatting it up. Like if I'm going to get it to go, I might as well cook. I know how to cook. <laughs> you know? Um, but COVID has absolutely challenged my ability to pivot. Um, and it has also challenged me to be in like super intentional with my self-care and my mental health routine. Um, because it's been at a greater risk. Um, and from a spiritual perspective, the devil works best in isolation and now we're all isolated. So we have to work in- intentionally harder to make sure that that isolation doesn't go into, cause we all have our triggers. Yes. We all have a trigger. And yes. so we have to be mindful of those triggers and making sure that we're not slipping into them just because we have to be isolated. So finding ways to, um, you know, like having FaceTime dates with your best friend or like this Sunday, me and my best friend are having a brunch date via Zoom or uh, Zoom, you know. So just really finding new ways to do all of the things that you want to do um, as opposed to just saying, oh, 2020 is over. No, we still got six more months. You might want to figure out some kind of way to pivot. <laughs> you had so many great points on that, Tara, because number one, like you said, me too, having all whole life, club palette, having anxiety and depression, and being an introvert, thinking, oh, this is going to be easy right. to be around people. But you started to realize, or at least for myself, started to realize, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like you're sitting down and your thoughts and yeah. that negative self thought will come. Yeah. And then I don't know about you, but when this first started, everyone's like, oh, Costco. And so that's fun. You still, for me, started realizing, okay, these cocktails were also coming to make your thoughts come. Mm. I'm like, well, I know that's not really me. But you started to have that battle, that, mm. that battle. And it's like, okay, what can I do? So you have, as you said, making sure that you figure out different checkpoints that you can do. Yeah. And connect with people as much as possible and being intentional. Absolutely. I think that would be the big thing. And as you said, we still have another six months to okay. go, people. We are just in half time. <laughs> you cannot sit down. I think yeah. that's like one thing. I like, you cannot sit down yeah. here. We yeah. can rest. I rest with you, girl. But we can, you can't just sit here. Yeah. And the the there the reality is when you learn to pivot, you find new things um, that make it a not better, right? But like it makes it manageable. Um, when you learn to pivot, like one, all of the things that you swore you didn't have time to do, 
you have time. And the reality is there's this pressure of like, oh, if you don't come out of COVID with a brand new business, you're no, maybe that thing that you didn't have time to do was take care of you. Maybe that thing that you didn't have time to do was sleep. Maybe that thing that you never had time to do was sit alone with your thoughts. Now's a great time to do all of the above. So it's not just about um, work and work, 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 work. Like, yeah, you should be getting something done, per, you know, productively because you no longer have a commute. You no longer have to get ready and, you know, all of the things. It's just like at the same time. And there are some people who are still working, right? You have our essential workers. But let's also be mindful of the fact that Unless you're an essential worker, you have more time on your hands. What are you going yes. to use that time to do? And using that time to rest, I'm sorry, and using that time to rest is an acceptable answer. That is okay. It really is. It really is. Like, there have been days where in your head you're like, oh, I'm like super productive. At least I have, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to check all these things. I need, I need to do this because at this point I, I, I got like five jobs. <laughs> And I woke up, and I was just like, I don't feel like doing anything today. Yep. And, and, and knowing I, that that's okay. Yeah, initially I'll be fine. Like, no, I mean, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm literally like, no, you don't, girl. Is yeah. anything different right now? Right. Is anything, right. like, did I have any deliverables? I had no deliverables today. So, yeah. Just, and it was so great. And so I do encourage people, like, if you have the capability, even if it's just an hour. Yeah. 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 I'm very big on, um, sorry. I'm very big on what, what do I, what does the world need from me today? Right. Like I can't think about tomorrow. I can't think about next week. I put it on my calendar and that's it. But today, what do I need to get done in order to feel accomplished? Exactly. I know you've probably seen the quote from Will Smith about like, just move the brick or lay one brick every day. Mm hmm. When I saw that, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. What brick can I move today yeah. to get me forward? I'm Absolutely. not going to build a whole wall today, but what small thing? So typically, I'll always just have at least one thing that I have to do. Yeah. I don't care if I do it the first thing when I first wake up or if it's the last thing that I do, but I did that one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is, as you said, like, having done it that way, I've gotten further. Yeah. I've gotten Because it takes away that pressure. It takes away the pressure of having to do all of the things. And you may say, okay, what's my one thing for today? And the reality is, and I have this conversation with my business clients all the time. I would rather you work 30 minutes a day on your business than for you to work five hours one day and never touch it again. You're so right because you get burnt out on it. Work when you feel inspired. Get it all out and yep. step away from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Step away from it. And it's okay. Yeah. And having that, as you say, it takes the pressure off. And it helps make sure that whatever you're working on is fresh. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I, I told one of my clients, I was like, if that's a problem for you, I like to do the 50-minute work. I will max out 50 minutes. Yeah. And then I'll take another 10, 20. Mm-hmm. And then and if that- I feel inspired, it's really about finding what works for you. Yeah. Um, so I've been in business for about four years. For the past three, I have 
earn, I call it earning my sleep. Every day I do something that benefits my business. Um, and this included when I was a side hustler, when I was working 70 hour work weeks, I still touched my dream every single day because I found that it was important to build that consistency and to make sure that I'm not touching somebody else's dream and not going to touch mine. That's not going to happen. That is for sure. You can't do that. Yeah. And I think they always talk about that. Like, you need to have three. You need to have a passion project, one that makes you income, and one that is just like, okay. And it gives you that balance. And again, this is the time to do this. Like, um, EDX, you can take a lot of free courses with a lot of the major universities. And does it have, you can pay for the actual certification or just do it for free. Mm-hmm. You want to pick up photography, as you said, right. cooking. There's so many things that you can do that can help move and motivate you and mm-hmm. keep up your spirit. But I do have a question. Yeah. And so, because we've talked about anybody, you know, self-disclosure, I love the transparency about struggling with your mental. What would you say was your lowest point? And how did you overcome that? And if possible, give steps, because I always love to give people the steps. Absolutely. Um, My lowest point was so low, I I wrote a book about it. My third book was about my lowest lowest point. Um, In 2016, I miscarried twins. Um, I found out one was dead on my 25th birthday. And then I found out three weeks later that the other had suffered tremendous brain damage as a result of the first miscarriage. Um, and ended up delivering them at five and a half months pregnant. Lowest point, um, on top of that, um, I was dealing with a breakup of the relationship with, uh, their father. I was dealing with family drama. I lost my job as a result of my relationship with the child's father, the twin's father. Um, I was struggling financially. My car got repossessed. Um, if you've ever read the book of Job, that happened in the 30 day period for me. Like it all happened in a day for Job, but that was about, I want to say like mid September through the end of October. So maybe about 45 days that happened, everything that happened to Job happened. Um, and so that was absolutely my lowest point. Um, so my third book, it, it actually outlines the steps that I took. So it's called Life After Loss. Um, and it's literally the 10 steps that I took. Um people are going to need that. I'm going to put that in the link. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my website. So tiernicolereilly.com slash shop. Um, but the book is called Life After Loss and it really talks about how I was able to create life after loss. And it also speaks about like how to support people through that process. Um, because what I recognize is that yes, I was pregnant with the twins. Um, but their father has a grieving process. Their godparents have grieving processes. Their grandparents have grieving processes. Um, aunts and uncles, cousins, um, you know, everybody that was hoping for a baby and ended up with an angel has a grieving process. And not only that, because it's a taboo subject, people don't know what to say. People don't know what to do. Um, So in that chapter dedicated to supporting people through that process, I go over things that you probably shouldn't say and why, um, and then offer alternatives on what you can say. Because people say the wrong thing because they don't know what to say. So I also offered like suggestions on what you can say. Um, Just from a brief overview, I would say... um, 
the thing that got me through it the most um, and that keeps me through it is the realization that um, I made a promise to my twins. When I left them in the hospital bed, um, I made a promise that I would live a life they would be proud of and I would live in a way that their their per- their life had purpose and meaning. Um, and I've spent every day of my life since aiming for that goal. I'm not going to cry because I, I, of course, that is short and beautiful. And again, like you said, people don't always know what to say, yeah. but that's powerful. And I can relate in that having my father die on my birthday is the same thing. Like I, I have to live a life that will make him proud of it mm-hmm. and make it all yeah yeah and I yeah I think one of the the greatest pains are losing a child or losing a parent honestly I don't think there's any greater pain and and we can't compare grief right because everyone's grieving process is different um but I know those are some of the hardest pains Um, it it never goes away and like even on my birthday like my birthday hasn't been the same since like we went out to celebrate my birthday that day and I was just sitting at dinner like yeah I want to go home like I don't want to be here and you know it's hard because you don't want to be rude or selfish but it's like mm, I don't want to sit here with all these sympathy looks because everybody at the table know my business like literally before we even got to the restaurant my whole family knew everything I'm like I don't want to talk about it yep so for mine is Father's Day and my birthday and the thing is you never know and I think that's also the mind the mind game of because like it comes and goes yeah last Father's Day was completely fine this Father's Day shambles yep I've had moments like that too yeah so you just have, or like birthdays, and so I think, and I try, like you try to keep it together for other people, mm. but it's like no, I don't, I don't condone that. I I <laughs> believe in you grieving completely, however that looks for you. Um, do not allow people to pressure you through the grieving process. I had a family member, literally, it had been three weeks after I delivered the twins. Now, mind you, I started working a brand new job three days after I delivered them. And three weeks later, I had a family member pull me aside and say that I I will declare you incompetent because you're not happy yet. Like, damn, I just delivered them three weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, most women take six weeks off and they get to go home with their children. And their response was, okay, so you need six weeks. I need however long I need, like, and and I I share that story to say, like, don't allow people to rush you through the grieving process, even if they're claiming to do it from the place of, I care about your well-being, Um, regardless of who that person is in your life, like, don't let people rush you through that process, grieve completely, grieve wholly, and grieve however you need to grieve, um, and whatever you need to do to feel better in that moment let it out because the longer you hold it in and you act like it doesn't hurt and you try to make other people feel more comfortable, the longer it hurts you. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think looking back on it now, that was the, that was because for me, it was when on my 14th birthday when he died and for like 10 years, I held that in. Mm -hmm. 
for 10 years held it in. Yeah. And then it took another almost four years to undo that damage yeah. and to undo that pain. Yeah. And you just don't realize, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, dang. But you're right. But that's the beauty of setting those clear boundaries yeah. and honoring your grief, honoring your feelings. Mm-hmm. I think that's something else that, especially sometimes people don't understand, like, feel whatever you feel. Yeah. And understand that your feelings are valid. Yes. Yeah. They don't have to look how other people want them to look, but your feelings are valid. Yep. And get them out. Like you're, you're supposed to, God gave you feelings for a reason. Yeah. Don't put them in yourself. Yeah. And I think that has been mind-opening for people mm-hmm. and for me. And then, so, I put in my story earlier about, I had a conversation with a girlfriend yesterday, and she was talking about after a breakup, she is now heals and whole and that has been on my head and my heart yeah this whole day I was like that's such a powerful word yeah so I would say what would you what do you think that looks like for you or for someone else being healed and whole I just I'm so in love with that word that she yeah um I would say for me personally it's still it's a work in progress um when I wrote my first book called 23 and finally loving me, that was a real statement. Like it was when I was learning how to love myself because on my 23rd birthday, I looked up and I was like, shit, I don't even love myself. I don't like being alone, you know? Um, so my self love process just started five years ago. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, so now I'm at the point where, I'm learning what it looks like to show up in the world whole. Um, And that is something I've been focusing on in therapy um, week after week. It's like um, the reality is I've had some challenges growing up um, and a lot of insecurities and pain points. And um, my first attempt at taking my own life was at seven. I literally attempted to take my own life at seven. And I thought about, I had ideations of it at 16 and then again in college. So, you know, I've spent my whole life, like, and one of the beauties that came from my twins is they gave me a reason to live. They really did. Um, So thankfully I've not struggled with suicide since the twins, but then I like traded it in for grief. So (laughs) there's that. Um, But it it has definitely been something that in 2020 that I've been really focusing on. Um, I'm in therapy every week. I journal every day. um, And I'm really doing that self work because I know I want to get married. I know I want to have kids one day. Um, Well, children that I'll be raising one day and I want to raise them whole and I know in order to, to raise my children whole, I have to show up whole first. So although I'm not expecting, I'm not actively trying to get pregnant or anything like that, um, I'm doing the work to make sure that my body is ready. I'm doing the work to make sure my mind is ready. I'm, ma- I'm doing the work to make sure my finances are ready. Okay. Because yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and just really doing that self work because the reality is hurt people hurt people. And if I don't deal with my hurt, I'm going to accidentally damage my children. And I don't want my child sitting in therapy talking about me. I just don't. I, I just don't. And it it's my responsibility to heal myself as best as I can 
before I bring another life into this world. Um, because had I done that self-work before the twins, they wouldn't have had that father. Exactly. Go ahead, um, throw that out there. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know about like trauma bonds? Yeah. So that was something that when I was doing my self-work, I was like, okay, God, I need you to reveal all of them. Yes. Because I no longer wanted to attract yes. relationships that were built on trauma bonds. Like, and I, that's that, so huge. That like, like, and one... One thing that I realized after the twins' father is you are who you attract. Mm -hmm. My brokenness attracted to his brokenness. And that's why, like, the twins happened, um, our our relationship dissolved in between the miscarriages. So the miscarriages happened about three weeks apart. We broke up somewhere in between the two of those miscarriages. Um, And so this was, you know, I haven't seen him since September 2016. Wow. I've been single since. And a lot of people look at me like, well, why are you still single? Well, one, I had to grieve a miscarriage. Yes. Then I had to grieve a relationship. Um, and then, well, I grieved the relationship. Then I grieved the miscarriage. Um, and then miscarrying two children, you know? So, you know, it would, I just had to deal with all of that. Then I had to figure out, like, what is it about me that keeps attracting this string of brokenness? And what can I do to not just raise my standard, but to believe I'm worthy of what I'm asking for? Because you can set all the standards in the world, but if you don't think you're worthy of it, you'll make exceptions. Yep. So my analogy of what you just said is the same thing as, like, when somebody has a surgery. Yes, you healed, but are you completely healed? Yeah. Because, you know, you get scar tissue. Yeah. You have to make sure. So, as you said, take the time. And I think that's why a lot of times, especially when it comes to mental health or self-elevation or self-confidence, you have to hit that rock bottom. You have to dig. You have to uncover all of the ugliness and uncomfortable. That I know for me, that was the hard part. I remember... Um, when, like, at the beginning of it, when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. One day I was in my apartment watching TV. None of no real trigger and just started crying. Yeah. It was almost like the mental, I, I couldn't run anymore. Yeah. And that's Every, why I'm such an yeah. advocate of letting it out. Yeah. Every because what happens is if you don't let it out and you keep brushing it under the rug, one day you're going to trip over that rug and it's going to be at an inopportune time. So when I was going through my grieving process, like I said earlier, I started a brand new job three days later and no one knew until I said something. And this was like months later. Um, but I would cry on my way to work. I would cry on my way home. I would run to the bathroom and let it out. I would sit in my car on my lunch break and cry. Like, I did things to, tr- like, I would listen to sad music while I was driving just to trigger that that release. Because if you don't, it'll come up when you least expect it. You're right. And the funny thing is now, oh, I can drop it down. It's a drop of a dot. That's how I feel. Yeah. Completely communicate. Everybody yeah. know. But before, it just, it, you could can do it yeah I couldn't do it and I remember telling somebody as far as like with my emotions because for me when I was a kid when I had like major emotions I went to my father so he was that person for me so it was almost like because he was gone I felt like my expression of my emotion was gone mm-hmm. and it's like no girl 
you still you gotta you yeah. have to figure that out. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-mm. So completely off, but I'm yeah. loving this conversation. People in the comments are saying too. But I think that'd be a, a question of because you mentioned like the effects of COVID and how you're gonna pivot. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the church here. I think my question is, if you could have prepped and planned, yeah. if you could have prepped and planned for COVID, what is one thing that you would have done? Besides go to the happy hour one last time. <laughs> Besides that, um, there's so many things I wish I would have done before COVID. Um, but I think part of the beauty in COVID is learning to roll with the punches of life and, and recognizing that you can't control everything, right? So even if um, even if I knew in advance, I don't know that I would have because of the reality that um, you really just don't know. Um, and you never know what life is going to throw in your direction. Um, and one of the confirmations that I've received through the time with COVID and making those pivots is like, I'm capable of a pivot and I'm good with that. Um, so really recognizing that, um, making those adjustments and being able to make those adjustments is, is huge. Um, I also, I feel like had I known COVID was coming, I would have put my hands all over everything. And the reality is sometimes you just got to let God do what he going to do. Right. Because um, I would have messed it up. Honestly, I would have messed it up. So I'm grateful that um, it wasn't a heads up and involved or anything like that, um, because there's been a lot of beautiful things that have come out of it in my life um, in so many different areas that I really couldn't have predicted. I like that because you're right. Like even this whole series is a product of, of COVID. COVID. And beginning of the year if you would have told me I would have said no I ain't doing that so you're right and that's my point and I think the reality is what you focus on will grow the law of attraction is a real thing if you focus on the negative if you focus on the bad stuff if you focus on woe is me this is happening to me or like you'll just continue to draw that to you or you can choose to focus on like yes this sucks But what can I do in that moment? Um, Even if what you can do is sit quiet for a second and hear from what God to see what you're supposed to be doing in that moment. Um, Because a lot, there's so many people who feel like God shut the world down just to get a chance to talk to them. I agree. That is exactly what it was. We've been so busy and you run and run and run and run and run. And now you can't go nowhere. So now you ain't got no choice but to sit there and listen to what God's been telling you to do for years. Yep. For years. So, and that has happened for a lot of people. But it's it's one of those things where your perception becomes your reality. If you're focused on the negativity, if you're focused on the problems, if you're focused on um, everything that's going wrong, that's all you'll see. And I'm not saying walk around oblivious to everything that's happening, but look at the problems as an opportunity. Like, no, we can't go anywhere, but what can I do about that? So um, my nonprofit started, We in March, we were going to do our inaugural women's empowerment event. 24 hours before we were scheduled to do it, the library was like, nah, 
And so what we ended up doing, we're doing um, our fourth annual Loving Me conference in September. Um, and so everyone who had bought a ticket for the Women's Empowerment event, we gave them a free upgrade, right? You got to take care of your people. But we also decided that we were going to have a virtual event in order to still provide the content for Women's Empowerment, right? We still need it. And can I tell you, on our first virtual workshop, we had someone call in from Jamaica. And not only calling in from Jamaica, but she self-disclosed she is 71 years old. What are a bunch of millennials actually benefiting someone who is a couple generations ahead of us? Like, how fulfilling is that? But we never would have known had we been like, well, fuck it. It's COVID. We can't do anything. If you build it, they will come. I know that's one thing I believe in. If, if, especially if you know that God gave you the vision. Yes. If you know that God gave you, yes. There are several times you like God. That don't even make sense, but I'm gonna just but do okay. it like oh, that. Dang old art. I know he was looking at God like this. Don't make no sense, but I'm doing it. Okay. And that's the real, and that's the beauty of it. So because we were willing to pivot and find new ways to do what we wanted to do, now we've been hosting virtual workshops for free every month since like since march all the way through the end of 2020 the only month we're taking off is september because we're doing our annual loving me conference in september like every month we're bringing together free virtual workshops so if you're interested in any of that make sure you follow our nonprofit at life after loss nonprofit um we post we have replays of everything that you may have missed um and then links so coming up in july we're doing social media marketing um and we have a couple of great specialists um coming together to talk about how to market on social media like i'm gonna be taking notes you know like exactly and this point i have read something that pretty much by the next five to ten years Everyone technically is going to be a brand in some way. Mm-hmm. So yes, that, like, it's not easy. It's like, oh, okay. But that is something that yes, know how to at least market yourself. Yeah, because we all know. Look, in my former life, as a manager, yes, when we got your resume, we sure did go look for your social media. That's yeah. tried and true. Everybody knows that. Yeah, it it does really happen. I can say as a manager, mm-hmm. it, it it happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but but I say that to say it was all in a pivot. We could have thrown in the towel and just refunded the tickets from our Women's Empowerment event and be like, blame COVID. I'm sorry. Here's your money back. Instead, we saw that problem as an opportunity to do something different. And we, I mean, that was our first virtual workshop. And we had some challenges during that first one. Um, Zoom hackers were definitely a thing. And now they've increased their security through Zoom. But, you know, there was a lot to learn in that process. And it was really embarrassing to have those hackers come in. Um, but at the end of the day, the audience was benefited. The audience was able to connect and grow um, and they were fed. And we've we've been doing some phenomenal workshops. So March was uh, Women's Empowerment. April was Stress Awareness Month. Um, May was Date Your Mate Month. So we talked about like how do you balance relationship with responsibility? Because um, y'all, 2020 is my year for love. I need all the notes. Okay. Okay. Put it out there. I like claim it. But I'm in the same way. I'm okay. in the same, I actually claimed it, and I'm like, yeah. if you just feel it, you can be like, oh, okay, yeah. it's coming. 
Yeah. But the thing about the law of attraction, and I know this is a bit of a a tangent, um, somebody said they need it. Yes. So go to our website, like our nonprofit, Life After Loss nonprofit. We have the replay on our website. Please go take a look. Um, It's definitely much needed information. Um, But the law of attraction is a huge thing. But the thing about it is your thoughts, your words, and your actions have to be aligned with it. I have publicly stated, I have posted it publicly. Um, I don't know when love is finding me. I think it's a little, it's around the corner now, y'all. It's around the corner. (laughs) Um, but not only that, um, like half of my closet is empty. I sleep on my side of the bed. I have my towel on my side. You might need a whole other hour. Okay, but it's really about like, if I want to share my home with someone one day, like I have to create space, half of the drawers are empty, like I really am molding myself into the person that I want to be, I want to have children one day, and I'm thinking within the next year or two, according to my personal timeline, but with that, Like, I'm exercising as if I'm pregnant. I'm eating as if I'm pregnant. You know, like, I'm treating my body in a way that's preparing for the healthy pregnancy that I want. So it's really about not just what you say that you want, but what are you thinking about? Um, And I had this conversation with... um, with a friend, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, there was someone I dated um, at the tail end of 2019 into the beginning of 2020. Um, and I told him, I was like, you know, I could have, when that didn't work out, I could have been like, woe is me. It never works out in my favor. I could have even said, men ain't shit. I keep dealing with the same dogs and da 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 da. Instead, I said, cool. You just not the one for me. It's still my year for love. It's just not. It's still my year for love. Love will find me, even if it's December 31st, 2020. Love is going to find me this year, and that's okay. It just ain't you. Yeah. And that's okay. My, but my it's how, it's how you guy, respond. It's not my guy. Yeah. And it's you really just guy, about it's how you respond to those moments that makes a difference. Like, no, every moment is not going to work out in your favor, but is your response... I knew this was going to happen. It never works out. I can't get, I can't catch a break. Or is your response, cool, my break is coming. That just wasn't it. That ain't no problem. And now I'm in, I'm in a pre-relationship. I don't really know, y'all. Um, but things are going really well. We communicate. He shows up in the world whole. I'm like, wait, is this what it means to be a whole human? <laughs> Um, but it's challenging me to be a better person. It's challenging me to unpack some of my bags so I don't get left behind. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if this is my forever love, but I would like it to be. And, you know, things are going well. We're making great progress. Um, and it's one of those things where I've known this person since 2018. I don't think it's a coincidence that now we're doing something legitimate. Because I'm one, I had to grow a little bit, but two, I'm ready for love and I'm creating space in my life intentionally. And now all of a sudden, this is a this is a legitimate scenario. So of course, when you said ready for love, I had to immediately think about India. But what you say is so true. Or just got to prepare, like be preparing yourself because. When you had said we trust, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm doing the same thing." Like I used to sleep in my queen size bed, mm-hmm. but I would always have stuff on the other side, mm-hmm. like anybody there. And so now 
it and it just went away, but it took off the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, with the beauty of it, as you said, is like I get to grow, I get to make sure that I'm whole. And make sure I'm ready for the love that I want. <laughs> because it's like let's say let's say God does give me that blessing. If you're not ready, you you're don't mess it up. You don't mess it up. And yeah, and it's really important. Um, back to the law of attraction, and I, I hold on to that so firmly because it's one of very few times where the Bible and science align. Yes, there is no contradiction. There's scripture behind it. There's science behind it. Please listen. Like the law of attraction works, whether you're intentional about what you're attracting or not. You're attracting what you have. A hundred percent. Everything that's in your life and everything that happens to you, you are attracting. Period. You create your life. Yeah. And and prior to 2020, prior to me feeling like this is my year for love, I would say things like, oh, I suck at dating. Oh, I can never figure it out. Oh, dating is my Achilles heel. I'm going to make a great wife someday, but I just can't figure out the relationship point. I'm a great girlfriend, but I don't know how to date. I don't know how to get to the, you know, like I, these were the things that I was not only saying, but thinking, right? And doing things like um, not necessarily sleeping with stuff on the bed, but I've done it. I've definitely slept with laundry on the bed or you sleep like all sprawled out on the bed and things like that. And not recognizing those subtle things make a difference. Like eat every time I walk past my closet and I intentionally left the side open that I could see it in my peripheral. So, so that I had that constant reminder that like love is coming. One day it won't be empty. I'm making space for the person who is coming. Yeah, you're open to that. Yeah. Because like nothing can come into something that's not open. If yeah. the door is closed, yes. the door is closed forever, then you, it's not going to come in. That's not how it works. You have to be open for it. You have to be in a receiving mode. Yeah. And you also have to give it out. Yeah. And I think that it's beautiful so i have more, get two more questions and yeah we're this up. This is been, thank you so much of but course. i think we kind of tapped on it but how do you find your joy what is like your go-to for a chair to find her joy i don't lose it that's my go-to and i mean that with every uh fiber in my being so after miscarrying the twins um i had to learn what it meant to be happy again like I had to figure out um and it took a lot of hard work to find joy again right um and I'm y'all it was a long time before I like I would smile right but it was a long time before that smile felt genuine um and now that I've obtained a true sense of joy you can't take it. I won't lose it. I won't drop it. I won't put it down. I am very protective of my peace. I I am. I don't care who you are. You will not come into my world and disrupt my peace. You just won't. That's it. That's all. And so my key, I guess, to finding my joy is not losing it. Like I, I refuse to entertain relationships. Um, again, that's regardless of relationships. Like I've had... I've had a, a friend be like, well, how can you just drop me because we've been friends for all these years? This relationship doesn't serve me. Like, you've had a place in my friendship. Cool. And I'm not saying you should walk around dropping everybody, right? There are some friendships, like, the, the best friend that I'm having brunch with on Sunday, 
that was my first best friend. Like, we were crib mates. Okay? So I'm not saying you got to drop everybody. But I'm saying those relationships that are toxic, those relationships that don't add positive value to you, um, and if the good does not outweigh the bad, just take some space. Um, But I am very intentional about protecting my peace. I'm very intentional about who I allow into my home. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to come in here with no shenanigans. I don't care if you've been in my house before. You're not going to be in here with no shenanigans. Is the energy right? Okay. It's about the energy. You got to go. I'm going to be honest. You you can't stay here. And it's really about um, that intentionality for peace. Um, so part of my daily routine, I wake up every day at 6.30. And from 6.30 to 9 a.m. is about me. I start off with journaling. Then I have my devotional time with God. And then I exercise. I don't look on social media. I don't check my email like I start my day focused on myself and then from nine until nine y'all can have me but listen my mornings belong to me my best and that's because I'm a morning person if you're not a morning person whatever time your energy is best should belong to you I love that that's a great tip and that kind of leads into my next one you actually give it chock full yes I love I'm all about giving people resources but other than yourself, and what is one resource that you would give the audience? Again, it can be an app, a book, uh, anything that you know that would help them. My favorite app right now is Audible. Um, I will be honest. I'm a writer, but I am not a reader. Never have been. I can read, obviously, but like it's it was just never fun for me. Um, but Audible, I am able to... Like, historically, I've always been the person, like, oh, I'm going to read this book, I'm going to read this book, I'm going to read this book, and then I never get to it. Through Audible, I've been able to read a book each month. And it's a book each month because your credit only covers one book. (laughs) I do the same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have a very long wish list. Um, So I would say Audible is probably my favorite app. Um... For those of you guys who are business owners, my favorite business-related app is, um, I would say, Hootsuite. Um, So social media is a very daunting task when you're using social media for your business. Planning it in advance makes a difference. Anything you can automate, please do. If you can schedule it in advance, knock it out point blank period. Um, whether that's emails, whether that's social media posts, whether that's, um, what else do I have automated? My podcast episodes. I literally have podcast episodes scheduled for the rest of the year. Oh, so that's how you do it. You guys, that's how you do it. That's Anything do that it. can be automated, get it done when you, especially now that we're sitting at home, this is the time to batch record like as much as you can knock out because the world is starting to reopen. So as much as you can do in advance, do it. And that really looks like, let me sit down one day a week and plan out social media for the next two weeks. So then you start doing a backlog, right? Now you have extra. So if you sit down one day a week and do two weeks worth of content, you'll be surprised how far in advance that goes. 
thank you, Miss Sierra. Let the people know where they can find yes. you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so I'm wearing one of them now. So this is my confident shirt. Um, yeah, so I have my confident shirt. And then uh, the first shirt was, uh, it says, I'm a woman. What's your superpower? Okay. Um, yeah, so those are definitely on my website. Um, my books are also on my website. Um, my first book is called 23 and Finally Loving Me. It speaks to the journey of self-love. And it I literally spent a year unpacking my bags on paper um, and put it into a book. So y'all think I'm transparent here, baby. I still got fallout from that book. People are like, wait, you talked about what? Oh. Yeah, I'm still having problems um, with some family members about what was in that book. But this is true. This is true. Sorry. Um, but yes, it's very transparent, open, and honest. Um, my second book is called When Life Gives You Lemons. And so it talks about perseverance. But like, what do you actually do when life gives you lemons? Right? Um, and then my third book is called Life After Loss. And it's specific to processing grief. Um, and it's literally a step-by-step process. But it also talks about how to support people through that grieving process. Because um, when I was going through my grieving process, I'm a researcher by nature. I search high and low for answers to processing grief. Um, and the only thing I can find is it takes time. Okay, but what am I supposed to be doing? In, in the meantime. Yeah, like what what do I do in that time, right? right? Because I knew I wanted to grieve completely and I didn't want to spend the rest of my life um, unwilling to talk about it and unable to hear about it, you know, like all because I haven't processed that grief. I know a lot of people who have dealt with miscarriage and can't even talk about it because they didn't fully deal with it. Um, And I just didn't want to be in that situation. So um, the book really chronicles uh, what to do in that. And um, it came because my mom challenged me to be the resource I needed. um, And I took that challenge firmly. um, And then book number four will be out in the fall, probably. Um, My goal is one book each year. So I made I that, that promise book. to my village at the first book release party. I am doing my best to hold strong to that. Um, yeah, so those are the books. Those are the shirts. Um, you can find me on all platforms at Tierra Nicole Riley. Um, that's Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, Tierra Nicole Riley. Um, my website is tierranicoleriley.com. Um, definitely check it out. I have some digital trainings on there. We talk about time management. We talk about business basics. We talk about life after loss, like going through those steps. Um, so really go through and look at those digital trainings that are available. I also do business coaching. So if you're looking for some one-on-one support, um, I can definitely help you with that as well. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's it. <laughs> like she's everything. Yes. Everybody in the comments. Thank you so much. It's been transparent. It made the conversation. Thank you so much to air. We will definitely yes. be I just want to quickly drop in to the guests. Thank you for coming. Thank you for yes. joining Crazy Ride. This is like episode four of the series. And we're going to continue on in July. And July is actually Clef and Cranial Facial Month. So all of my guests will either themselves have a cleft, cranial facial, or some type of dialogue with that. And I wanted to really tell the world more about clefts and cleft palates and cranial facials because not a lot, especially in the African-American community. So I hope that you guys follow along with that. Tiara, again, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thanks.
our audience today. Oh, yes, I have something else. Okay. I had a viewer reach out to me and tell us guys, or tell me, that the viewers need a name. She said that they are faithful, they want a name. And so I guess we're going to go with the Joy Squad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I was really like, a name for. For what? And then I was like, I know they're not asking me to name drop, name drop my boo thing. Like that's not about to happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. But she was so serious. She's like, we have been watching. Yes. Yes. The audience name is now the Joy Squad. Yes. Squad for sure. But I just had to put that out there. So I love it. I, can I be a part of the J Squad? Yes. Yay. Please. Please. I love it. Thank you. Have a great night. Good night. Are you looking for a good book to read? Is reading more on one of your New Year's resolutions for 2021? If so, I might have something just for you. I don't know if you know, but I am now a four-time published author. Okay, and that is something I'm very, very proud of. But I think one or more of these books will help you. So I wanted to take a moment to let you know what my books are all about. Book number one is called 23 and Finally Loving Me. This book is about my journey to self-love, healing, growth, development, unpacking some of that baggage that we carry on a daily basis. Now, you don't have to be 23 to benefit from this book. It just happens to be when I wrote it, okay? (laughs) But I definitely think it is helpful for anyone transitioning to and through the journey of self-love and self-discovery, really. My second book, When Life Gives You Livings, is all about perseverance. What do you do when life gives you lemons? Like, what are you supposed to do with these sour moments, right? So this book walks you through tangible steps on how to persevere. My third book, Life After Loss, is specific to surviving the grief of miscarriage. And not only surviving the grief of miscarriage, but supporting people through that process. When I was mis- when I miscarried my twins in 2016, there was so much information about um, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. Everything said it just takes time. Okay, what are you supposed to do in the meantime? Like, how do you actually heal and survive the grief to develop a healthy life after a traumatic loss? So this book provides tangible step-by-step guide to surviving the grief of miscarriage and supporting people through that process. And my newest baby, Closer to My Dreams. Y'all, 
this is a story about entrepreneurship, okay? Chase, you want to talk about chasing dreams, baby? <laughs> that is what this book is all about. And I am so excited for each and every one of you to get one, two, three, four. Listen, grab a copy for yourself. Grab a copy for a friend. If you know somebody that can benefit from any of these books, please gift the gift of give the gift of knowledge and love. Okay. And if you go to my website, tiaranicolereilly.com and use promo code social, you will get 20% off of your entire order. TierraNicoleReilly.com promo code social for 20% off your entire order. Thanks, guys.